The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Take your leadership to the next level. It's time for the Foundational Missions Leadership Moment with Scott McClelland of FX Missions. Hi, Scott McClelland with your FX Missions Leadership Moment. Thanks for joining us. We're here for part two of a conversation about leadership with Francesco Abortivi. Francesco is uh, joining us from uh, Italy, and he's got some incredible perspective. This is a second of two parts. He intrigued me so deeply in our first leadership moment that I had to have him back. And we're going to dig into something that may be a little bit sticky, but I hope you'll join us for that. I hope you stay with us for that. And if you have a different perspective than what we discuss here, we'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us at info at fxmissions.com. Francesco, how are you? Fine, thank you. And you? Oh, man. You intrigued me deeply on our last conversation, and I thought it was something that you might have perspective on that we don't, you know, it's not so visible to us here, especially in the ministry context of the United States, and what's normal to us as it compares to what's normal in Italy. If someone's listening right now and they're confused, they can go back to the leadership moment that was published just before this one and kind of check out more of the contextual stuff. But I want to dig straight into this subject and specifically leadership, servant leadership, and what kind of scenario is created when you're trying to follow the, the advice or the guidance or the command of Jesus to lead as servants, specifically when it comes to the subject of getting money involved. You mentioned that in our last conversation. Yes. And I think... Because so much of what we see as ministry and leadership in the states is connected to money. Almost everyone in ministry in the United States is full time. That's the not true in Italy. All missionaries, pastors, uh, you know, a variety of ministries, they're working, most of them working full to near full time and also doing their ministry in a, what some call a bivocational way. Mm-hmm. Do I understand that right? Yes. I thought so from our last conversation. But what do you see that's uniquely interesting or maybe challenging with respect to Jesus's instruction to us to be servant leaders when it comes to the fact that there's money involved mm-hmm. with whether people receive our leadership and how we conduct ourselves in leadership, knowing the snare of money? is is always there sure money can be dangerous we all know that i am not at all against uh, giving money to those in ministry actually quite the opposite i mean i do believe that servants deserve their wage that that's not a problem but it is true that from my point of view from the european point of view there's a, a huge gap between the way we live 
ministry here and the way you leave ministry, for example, in the States, but also in other countries, where you give for granted that people that enter ministry will be supported, they will have uh, some kind of wage. So it is very, very different. I just came back from Albania, where which is not a very rich country. And of course, if in Italy, sometimes we can find pastors who are supported over there, it's even harder to find one. But people do ministry all the same. So there are pastors, there are people that do missions, these people that uh, help in so many different ways within churches. And everybody gives for granted the fact that if you are part of a church, you will have to, to help with that church. When I talk to young people here who are entering ministry, I always underline the fact that when, they, when we talk about the differences between different countries, how in the States you can do so many nice things, big concerts, great halls. And I always underline the fact that, yes, it's true, and that's beautiful, it's wonderful. But at the same time, we probably have something that you do not have, which is, for example, that... We have a large part of the church participating to the ministry life of the church. So in our church, for example, it's the percentage of people who are actually doing ministry within the church is probably around 30, 40%. Mm. And of course, they're all volunteers. No one is paid. And that's something we should not give for granted, I believe. And it's, it really shows how a church can be lively and then everybody can give something to the life of the church. Yeah, that, that's so different. And, and I think it sets up a scenario that is instructive or can be very instructive to our perspective. For one, just realizing that the way leadership expresses itself in ministry in different parts of the world is very different. I mean, it could be such wide variety. As you mentioned, Absolutely. Italy and, and your congregation, your ministry there, and what percentage of people are actually involved in the ministry. And then, of course, Albania, you know, which is probably even beyond in terms of what available money there is to support ministry in general. You know, I'm sure it's probably not the most stark contrast comparatively. And again, it's beyond Italy in terms of its scarcity of money in general. So that sets up for me a real curiosity as we're talking about this. It's not premeditated in my mind. So I haven't reached any conclusions I'm trying to convince you of, Francesco. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's, it's, I just came back from the States and it's interesting to see, for example, I've seen a change of pastors in one church. And it was interesting to see how when a pastor changes, the staff can change, for example. And of mm-hmm. course, it's a higher staff. So, but even other churches where you see that people are fired and then others are hired, that's a whole mentality that we simply do not have. It's not there because people are not paid. So a good leader is the one that actually motivates the people in the church and is able to encourage them and spread the vision in order for them to feel more involved and give part of the time and even part of the money very often so that the church can move on and, and, and work, basically. There's so much in there. There's no way we're going to get to all that that is in there. But I think what we're trying to do here with this podcast is get people to think. and get. Yes, people- I mean, I don't have solution. I'm not saying here is better than there or vice versa. No, no. I think we should adapt to our local culture and local situation. 
uh, absolutely. Right. But sometimes to have a different perspective helps us think better to our own reality and how we work. We give so many things for granted, even here, you know, and sometimes we should not because things are not so granted at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. And contextually, I think a lot of times we think about leadership and we think about our experience and our perspective and what we've observed. And we think that that is that we have a complete perspective. And what often challenges that certainty is when we get aware of something that's different than what we know or different from what we have observed before. That is so valuable, in my opinion. If we can expand our perspective to include other people's experiences and their context, I think we can leave that process with a much more valid and broad point of view that we bring to the discussion. So that's Absolutely. why it's so valuable what you're, you're sharing with us here. The one thing I want to key on that you said was you said, well, you know, you think about pastoral staffs, people getting fired and hired in the U.S. and, and variety of things like that, staff overturn, as they call it, or overturning the people who were there right. uh, ministry. But ministry in the United States, in a lot of ways, is a professional engagement. And that is the yes. difference from what we were talking about here. And I think that in a lot of ways would sum up what we're saying here. And again, I'm not trying to, as you mentioned, I'm not trying to draw anyone into a dark light or, you know, make no. anything but bad. It would be good sometimes just to ask ourselves what would happen if we didn't have all of our paid staff. Would the church still be there? And, and that's a good question because it makes you think that on what we are based if we are actually based on our faith and our fellowship, then of course there will still, will still be a church and people will adapt to the new situation. Mm. And it can always come, actually. <laughs> but <laughs> if it's only based on professionals, then maybe there might be a problem. At yeah. least that's my impression. Yeah, absolutely. I think we, as leaders, we would do a great service to those that we are serving by expanding our perspective to include something different than what we're used to. And as you said, the ministry, the people in leadership and ministry in the context you're in and some you've observed that are in contrast to the United States are those who have the ability and demonstrate the ability to motivate, not based on a position perhaps, or not based on the fact that they're professionals, but that they have something that will animate the people in their service and pursuit of the Lord. And that I think we, we should all strive for in whatever ministry or work or whatever service that we're in, our leadership should be based on the God given ability yes. to empower, motivate and strengthen and raise up others. So that, Absolutely. that's very cool. I think we can uh, learn from that. And if I can give a small suggestion to every leader, <laughs> Christian leader, would be to go at least once to a mission trip. That would change so much their perspective. So we all need to go at least once to see a place where there are not the facilities we have, there is not the money we have, the possibilities we have, because that really changes the way you think and it opens up your mind a lot. So if someone wants to really go deeper into this, I would strongly suggest to go to a mission trip, short term, whatever, a few months, mm -hmm. depending on how 
you're ready to go, but still that, that would really benefit you and your church and your organization for sure. Wow. Yeah, for sure. It does do. I think that's what missions has been to me. I'm almost 15 years and, and constant going in short term work. What you're saying, the effect that it's had on me is to broaden my perspective significantly and help me understand that some of the things I understood were not correct. And then in some ways, it's established things I've perceived. But in every way, it's made me more ready to relate to a broader group of people in a meaningful way. So very, very, very cool. I want to encourage anyone who hasn't heard the first part of our two-part session with Francesco to get back to that and, and check that out. Francesco, anything else you want to say before we put a bow on this, as, as they say in the United States? The only thing I can say about leadership is that somehow it's, it's quite a fashionable topic right now. Everybody wants to be a leader, even in churches. I wish there were more courses and seminars on how to serve in churches. It would be great. But uh, yeah, it's just a joke. But to say that sometimes we, we, even without noticing, even with the church, even with the ministry, we tend to seek to be famous, to be known, uh, to be important. And that's pretty much the opposite of what Jesus taught us. We should start to serve and all the rest will come if God wants when he wants. That's just my two cents. Wow. Well, that, that's a powerful two cents. I'm going to say that, Francesco. Thank you for sharing that. That was, that was meaningful. And thank you very much for joining us and for your life in God and the way you're living it. We want to encourage you to keep on giving us a good example of what it means to live like and be a servant leader in Christ. Thank you for that. Thank you. If anybody wants to, to know more, I think we've got your adventive.ca, A-D-V-E-N-T-I-V-E.ca is the website. And then Francesco at adventive.ca is the email. Do I have that right? Correct. Okay. Well, please, please, please pass our greetings to the to the brothers and sisters there and tell them we warmly sure. and hope to be there again with you guys before long. Really, really appreciate you. Uh, looking forward to that. Absolutely. And we'll talk again soon. As for FX Missions and the Leadership Moment, I'm Scott McClellan. Do us a favor. Let someone know about the Leadership Moment that's interested in the subject of leadership and uh, servant leadership specifically. If you need to contact me or us, please do so at fxmissions.com. Until next time, I'm Scott McClellan, and you have a good one. This Leadership Moment was produced in partnership with Engaging Missions. Have your leadership question answered by contacting Scott at scott at fxmissions.com. Visit FX Missions to learn more about how you can grow your leadership and engage in missions. Visit engagingmissions.com for encouragement, insight, and resources from missionaries, ministry leaders, and church planters.